Hello, everyone. Welcome in to Yelling from the Couch. I'm Brent Humphreys, and returning this week, Gene's got picks. Welcome back in, Gene. Good to have you back. I'm glad to be back. We uh we got a lot to talk about since I've been on last time. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a few things been going on, I guess, right? <laughs> a lot. This NFL season has has been pretty successful. Oh, the first week already, and there is plenty to talk about. Yeah. So let's uh let's get right into it. Let's start out with the best thing we've seen from the past week and the worst thing. I will let you go first. Are we starting with the worst or the best? Whichever one you want to start with. <laughs> I'll start with the worst because, you know, usually people like to hear the bad news before the good news. Um, I, don't exactly. know, I don't know if uh, or follow uh, UFC at all, but um, Israel Adesanya had fought um, Sean Strickland. And, I mean, it, going into the fight, Israel Adesanya was like a minus 600 or minus 700, which is pretty crazy in the MMA world. And um, he basically lost four rounds to one in that fight against Sean Strickland, who's not known to be necessarily a power puncher or anything. But um, he gave Izzy some fits, and he he clocked him in the first round. And from there, the fight was, you know, completely turned up turned up upside down from there and uh that was probably one of the worst things i've seen because i'm an izzy fan so seeing a guy who i look is probably one of the best strikers in this current era of ufc to uh basically basically get beat by a a boxer doing his one-two i would have to say that's probably one of the worst things i've seen last saturday yeah I've seen where he was the heavy favorite. I follow, you know, a little bit. I don't, you know, watch all of it. But mm-hmm. I've seen where he was the favorite, and then he got, like, upset. Like you said, he was a, a huge favorite, like minus 600. Yeah. And, I mean, it, I guess it just take what one punch. Is that what it was? And then he kind of <laughs> knocked mean, him. I mean. <laughs> I mean, that one punch, I mean, I, I give him his props because I would have probably sat down and been looking for a doctor, but <laughs> – I mean, that was an upset for for the ages. This whole year kind of been an upset, uh, been a bunch of upsets in uh, MMA. Yeah, I seen. Uh, I think it was just a couple of days ago they had the merger, the UFC WWE merger. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, that no, that's about all I've got on that. Event. What was it? I think the company that that merged them together was like Endeavors or something like that. Yeah. I, I'm not. Yeah, Endeavor. Uh, but yeah, well, that'll be interesting to see how they work together there. You know, real fighting and you know, choreographed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I will go now, and uh, I will go with my. I'll start out with my best. I'll, I'll go. I'll go positive to start with. <laughs> okay. And as far as my local teams, there's not a whole lot of positive, but best thing that I saw in the last week is football is back for the next four months. Most of the week, we're going to have football, you know, at least Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and soon enough, you know, when Maxion kicks in, we'll have it every day. Uh, And, you know, lots of entertaining football this past weekend. That's the best thing that I've seen so far. 
is just football's back. I mean, you got to celebrate that, right? <laughs> well, I mean, like you said, Maxion, people sleep on the Mac because you can actually find some good games on those Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday uh, nights. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely one of my favorite schools uh, in the MAC is Ohio Bobcats. Uh, I don't know why. I think they have a quarterback. I forgot his name. And better, better or something. I, I forgot his name. I have to go back and look. But uh, the guy was a monster last year. And, uh, you know, I'm a gambling guy. So uh, he right. was covering a lot of spreads for me last year. <laughs> that's that's it. On the Tuesday nights, you can sit and you can watch some action. And like you said, you've got, you know, you put something down on it and you can, you know, just enjoy Tuesday night football. You know, <laughs> it's great. And so now we'll go on to your best and I'll give my worst. I'm pretty sure one of two things is probably going to be your best, but I will let you go ahead and give your best if you would, Gene. I think it's a no-brainer what I'm going to say my best thing of last week was my Dallas Cowboys showing up to MetLife and basically giving them a back-home butt-whooping. I mean, 40-0 to week one. Are we serious? Like, I'm watching it with my family, and, like, you know, the whole time we're like, okay, let's not, you know, start celebrating. It's 26-0 I have. Like, we know how NFC East football get, or just football in general. Uh, you know, a team can go up, you know, three touchdowns, and you come back in the fourth quarter, and the, the opposite team that was down wins by one point or something. So, to see that game, Go twenty six to zero at half, and then I mean they just show no life in the second half of the game, and then you keep Daniel Jones out there to just get killed in the fourth quarter, and it's bad weather. Yeah, it, it was just a bad look for uh, New York Giants. But as far as me and my Cowboys and my other fellow uh, fans, uh, we're on cloud nine right now. Uh, I'm, you know, I must say it on this pod. The Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. I have to say it. Man, they looked like a Super Bowl team the other day, especially that defense. I mean, what – like, how many turnovers did they have against <laughs> – I mean – I'm sure they had the block field goal and then they had the pick six. Um, They had, like, seven sacks on Daniel Jones. Like, that's that's – that's what kind of like surprised me. Cause I knew we was gonna be a um, a great team that you know can get after the uh, after the quarterback, but seven sacks in week one is pretty crazy. And Michael Parsons, I mean, oh man, that guy's awesome. guy, we we really got lucky when we drafted him because everybody just thought he was an off ball linebacker. Turned out this guy might be the best pass rusher in the next five years. Yeah, he is unbelievable out there. And as somebody who played a little fantasy football and was going against the Dallas Cowboys this week, yeah, it was <laughs> not pretty for my fantasy football team, a la the Dallas Cowboys. But man, I mean, the offense for Dallas, I mean, didn't didn't do a whole lot, but they didn't need to do a whole lot. I mean, yeah. the defense did most of the damage. Yeah, it's still a lot of questions for the offense, I would say. And then Brandon Cooks, 
um, has a sprained MCL. So there's still a lot of questions I, I have for the offense as well. But Dak has been, uh, you know, with the Cowboys for a while now. He knows the offense. Uh, I think they know what Dak do really good and what he don't do good. So I, I think they can keep, you know, everything in order and uh, keep the keep everything afloat. When you have a defense like that, you don't have to go out your way and score 30, 40-some points every week. You just got to make sure you give your, yourself a shot and uh, – Make sure you know you give defense a breather here and here and there during the games. Yeah, and and you don't need to show a whole lot on offense if the defense is doing. I mean, no need to open up the playbook when you're already up twenty six at the half, <laughs> and the de- other offense hasn't even scored. <laughs> it was it was very impressive. So, with you going off your best, I will go on to my worst thing that I saw last week. I could go a couple different directions here, but after Sunday, I have to go with the Bengals' awful showing in Cleveland against the Cleveland Browns. Now, I thought Cleveland would win this game. I predicted a Cleveland win on this podcast last week because the starters didn't play any snaps in the preseason, but I never thought they would go up there and get embarrassed. The offense (laughs) couldn't move the ball, couldn't get into any rhythm. Joe Burrow was 14 of 31, 82 yards. 82 yards. Yeah, that's sad. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, Jamar Chase had five catches for 39 yards. T. Higgins had zero catches for zero yards and was only targeted. He, well, he had a few targets, but they just couldn't connect. And yeah. then Jake Browning comes in in the fourth quarter to mop up for Burrow. Because at that time, what's the point in leaving him out there? Just yeah. an absolute embarrassment for the Bengals at the first game of the season. Cleveland has Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals number, and it stinks. Yeah, that game was, uh, was a bit of a heartbreaker because I was siding with the Bengals all the way. I had a, I just I don't know why. I had a feeling that Joe Burrow heard all the news about him and his, his injury situation. I just felt like he was going to come out there and, you know, throw for 300, 400 yards and show guys or show the people why he's this high-value quarterback. I still think he is. I don't think this one game, you know, is going to define the season or I, I will hope that this one game doesn't be the reason why later on in week 16, 17 to the side playoffs. But, um, it was definitely not the start you want. Uh, def- I, I have a question. So, with Joe Burrow, like, do you think it's mainly he's still bouncing back from the leg injury or it's just the lack of reps with his guys? Because, I mean, he didn't play. He basically was there for, like, the first uh, week of training camp, and then he was out with, the, with his injury, and then he basically sat out until the first week of the NFL season, right? Yes, uh, I believe it was the third day of training camp. He went down with a calf injury. I yeah. think that it's kind of a combination of both. Uh, I think it, he's probably recovering back from that calf injury. But last year, he set out the preseason. So did Chase, Mixon, Higgins, all those guys. And it was a slow start. You know, lost to Pittsburgh the first week. And Pittsburgh wasn't a very good team last year. They were 500 at best. 
we should have won that game. And then go to Dallas, Cooper Rush, uh, Dallas wins on the last second field goal. And then, then they finally get going in week three. But, you know, that's preseason games right there. You know, by week three of the preseason, they're playing a half and getting in the rhythm ready to go for the season. Yeah. I understand why he didn't play this preseason, but at the same time, their starters could have played, you know. But it's just – it's it's the same thing every year with Burrow and starting off on the preseason and then starting slow in the season and getting it going. You know, I think he'll get it going, but, you know, it's going to be a week or two before he gets it to being Joe Burrow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I mean, the, the schedule, being, with y'all being in the AFC, the schedule is not like you have to now see the Ravens next week after yeah. um, a smash-mouth game with Cleveland. You know, it, mm-hmm. it does not get easier as the season goes on, but that's why you have when you have a guy like Joe Burrow, everything goes out the window. You have a guy. So it doesn't, you know, as long as Joe Burrow can get in rhythm with his guys. I mean, I think that that game, you that's for a coach. Like you watch that game one time and you just never go back and look at it again because that's yeah. not Joe Burrow. So it's really no point in really dissecting that game. Once it gets, like you said, to week three, four, five, that's when we know. That's when we usually see Joe Burrow. In his rhythm with Chase T. H- T. Higgins didn't even have a catch, right? Like, no, no catches. Like, like we can't, you know. It's, those are rare games where you know your top guys are not your top guys. And um, I the Ravens game. I don't know if we're gonna talk about that later in the pod, but the Ravens game. I don't know if they win that one because that's a tough game. Uh, it is. It, I mean. Defense in that game is going to be definitely something to look out for. Uh, it, I, you know, the Ravens are not a pushover, definitely with all the new weapons they have on offense. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh, since you brought it up, Bengals play the Ravens this Sunday in Cincinnati. And uh, Ravens – had a pretty dominating performance on defense last week against C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. Yeah. Uh, they also had some key injuries on offense. Uh, J.K. Dobbins went down, torn Achilles, out yeah. for the season. Ronnie That's Stanley, tough. offensive lineman, he suffered an injury. So they're going to be without some key pieces on offense, but Lamar Jackson is 6-2 and two in his career against the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm. Joe Burrow, it's his second game, you know, after the preseason and all that. I think the Bengals will play better. I don't know if the Bengals will win Sunday because it's a tough matchup once again. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the J.K. Dobbins situation sucks because you hate to see a guy who's, who's, you know, not only a running back and they're already trying to push running back to the back of the, back of the uh, you know, room on getting paid. But, you know, you, you feel for a guy that's going through a situation like that, tearing Achilles after I think he either tore his ACL yep. yes. before. And then Staley, I mean, it's, that's a tough situation too because the Bengals D-line will get after Lamar um, if they don't have their premier tackles out there. But like you said, I don't, I don't think Joe Burrow – necessarily 
have as worse of a game that he had last Sunday. Um, I think he just – I think if you're the coach or the offensive coordinator, you got to at least get, put him in situations where he can just get the ball to his playmakers, whether it's slants or it's a curl route or just, you know, a crosser route. Like something to get the, the ball in his playmaker's hand and let them work because – yeah, he, he got to get that rhythm, that confidence going that he wasn't able to get in preseason. A lot of a lot of the games in week one were kind of glorified preseason games because none of, like in modern NFL, a lot of starters don't play in the preseason anymore. So yeah, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how uh, the coaching staff scheme after a game like they had against Cleveland. Yeah, I'm just – I'm going to chalk it up to – Burrow had a pretty big week, right, like leading up to week one. Uh, he signed the biggest NFL contract in NFL history. And uh, then he goes out – yeah, he goes out and plays against the Cleveland Browns, who the Cleveland Browns for some reason has Joe Burrow's number. I'm just going to chalk it up to a bad matchup against the Cleveland Browns and just move on from there. <laughs> But hopefully this week he can get back into a rhythm because you don't want to start out 0-2 in that AFC North division right off the bat like that. So we'll see if they can do it. Uh, Hopefully they can. Uh, Also Sunday, another big game coming up. uh, Your Dallas Cowboys, they got the New York Jets. The Aaron Rodgers Jets as Aaron Rodgers tours Achilles on the fourth play of the game and is out for the season. Now, I I missed that game because uh, my wife wanted me to set up Max for her uh, so she could watch diners, drive-ins, and dives. So I'm when, by the time I turned it on, Zach Wilson's in the game, and I'm like, what happened? <laughs> and then I see afterwards, and it's like, oh, man, that's, that's not good. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's a curse at MetLife, but the turf <laughs> undefeated because they've had so many injuries on that field. Um, and I mean, I'm a I, I wouldn't just say I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan because I'm you know I'm I'm a I've been a Cowboys fan my whole life, and mm-hmm. basically my whole childhood Aaron Rodgers has ruined you know. You know, whether we're in the playoffs trying to make a run and then we have to see Green Bay. You know, yep. Rock always has been the demise of, of my Cowboys. But, um, you know, as a football, like as somebody that just enjoy, that enjoys watching the game, I didn't want to see Rodgers go out like that. And I, I, rumor has it that he's not going to retire or that, that he's going to see it through with his – um rehab and everything and try to give him one more run but you know at, at almost 40 years old I yeah. mean a torn Achilles is not something that you want to uh, be dealing with you know at the tail end of your career definitely yeah. when you already had a Hall, of Fame, a Hall of Fame career it's not like he has anything to prove to anybody else uh, it, it sucks though uh, you know it was the vibes is good. I was watching it from the beginning, and uh, he, he came. It was, you know, 9-11. He, he ran out with the flag. You know, the MetLife is going crazy. Um, 
And uh, you notice from the very beginning that, oh, man, this old line just cannot hold a block. And Rodgers is running for his life. And like you said, fourth play, that's all said and done. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm not I'm not the hugest Aaron Rodgers fan, but I I respect his play. And with you know, with Hard Knocks, watching Hard Knocks, he was pretty entertaining. You know, on Hard Knocks, you know, they focused a lot on Aaron Rodgers coming to New York and being the quarterback that this team needed to go with that defense. And for that to happen, the first first drive of the season for the Jets. I mean, poor Jets fans, right? I mean, you got to feel for them. I mean, they thought they had a quarterback finally, and it snatched away from them at the beginning of the season. I mean, talk about not being able to catch a break. Like, the whole offseason, they were celebrating like they won the Super Bowl already when they got Rodgers. Like, they was making T-shirts, and, you know, like, they was excited for him, and it's – it's kind of tough because now that you know Zach Wilson is most likely going to have to be the guy for the rest of the year, mm-hmm. did he learn much while Rodgers was, you know, uh, you know, with him in the, in the you know, Q, QB room? Like, was he coaching him up much that would really change his game that much, you know, the next season? The case is out. He, I'll give him his props, though, for Zach Wilson. I'll give him his props. When he did get into the game, he didn't just, you know, look to make the big play. He, he made sure he passed it to the open guys. He just did what he needed to do um, to keep the chains moving. And, you know, he kept his defense in the game. And, and uh, that overtime uh, punt return, that was, that was complete like a movie, like, I didn't think the Jets would even sniff a close a close win against uh, the Bills after Rodgers going down. Yeah, I thought I thought no shot either, and that was like one of the most exciting finishes to a football game. And we're only in week one of the NFL season, and with Zach Wilson with that defense, you can only hope that, like you said, he's learned a little bit from Rodgers and go out and just manage the game. You've got Dalvin Cook. You've got Brees Hall. And last year before Brees Hall went down, the Jets were playing pretty well, you know, pretty good. And then he went down with his injury. But if he can come back, you know, and be healthy and Wilson, you know, plays like, you know, he did Monday night, the Jets, you know, it's not Aaron Rodgers, but they can be, you know, a playoff team. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, being the Bills, I have I now have questions on the Bills because, uh, you know, Josh Allen turning the ball over I think three times, two were two interceptions and a fumble late into that game. Yeah, that's a big four. question mark. Oh, four, yeah, that's a big yeah. question mark because, you know, you kind of got to take the good with the bad with Josh Allen. He I think also still has like the most touchdowns, uh, since twenty twenty. Uh, as far as the quarterback. So you got to take the good with the bad, but, I mean, golly, you're playing a backup quarterback. Um, and basically all the momentum, all the life was sucked out in MetLife after Rodgers went down. Like, oh, you yeah. got to gotta win that game. Uh, so 
I got some question marks on the Bills in that whole uh, division. Uh, the Patriots don't look too bad either. Uh, they had a pretty close game with the Eagles. That whole division is stacked. Because then you have the Dolphins. Like, that whole division is stacked. So you can't lose a game like that <laughs> against the Jets with no Rodgers. Like, that was the game you needed. And uh, it's going to be an interesting year for that division, top to bottom. And the Patriots, when they was down, they was down 16 to nothing to the Eagles. They obviously thinking they're dead in the water. There's no chance. And then they come back and they have a shot to win it, you know, yeah. in the fourth quarter. And, you know, the Eagles hang on. But, and then, like you said, Miami and San Diego, or I keep saying San Diego, but it's the, the LA Chargers. What a yeah. game, right? I mean, Tua and Tyreek, and I mean, how are you going? Is anybody going to stop Tyreek Hill this year? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough, tall task. But yeah, so that's you know that's uh, kind of a little bit of a, you know. I feel bad for Zach Wilson next week against that Dallas defense. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> and that offensive line. <laughs> You know, if they couldn't block last week against the Bills, they're going to have a very long day against the Dallas Cowboys next week, I think. I, I would agree with you. Um, Zach Wilson may have been able to get out of, uh, get out of uh, you know, that game with Buffalo for the win. But, you know, Dallas is a different monster. And uh, I, I Looked at the total before we had hopped on the pod. I think it's, if I remember correctly, it was like 38. So, like, they expect it to be a very defensive game. Um, and, I mean, I, I would bet on my guys to win that if, if we're expecting a, a defensive game because at the end, I have more faith in Dak and his ability than I have yes. faith in Zach Wilson's. Um, even though Zach Wilson is still a very talented quarterback, it's just the whole can your team buy into you? Because that was Rodgers. They bought into Rodgers quick. As soon as they got him, like, he's our guy. When you have Zach Wilson, it's not the same situation. Um, I, I just think with, with the Cowboys at home, home opener, it's going to be loud. Uh, it's going to be a tough outing for Zach Wilson. I still think their defense keep him in the game. Uh, it might be like a... Uh, 2024 type of game, I think, but you know, you're, you're seeing Michael Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, you know, and, and it's other guys that not many other uh, fans you know outside the Cowboys fans, like Doris Armstrong, that those boys are coming after you every play. Definitely if we have a lead, you know, they're, they're, they're rushing a lot of guys. I, I see it being like a 13 to 10 game. I mean, I see like all defense in this one because, I mean, the Jets have got a heck of a defense too. I mean, but it, it comes down to who has the better offense. And right now it is the Cowboys because I trust, like you said, I trust Zach. Or I trust Dak more than I trust Zach. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy to get confused there. <laughs> I think the fir the first offense to make a mistake is, is going to be the team to lose the game. That's that type. 
it's that type of game. Like, if, if Dak, because the, the case is still out for Dak. He can't throw 15 interceptions this year. So, they didn't man. bring Trey Lance here just to start a daycare. They brought Trey Lance here to possibly, you know, run the franchise for the next four or five years. So Dak still has to, uh, like you said earlier, the offense didn't do much. So Dak still has to go out there and show why he's the top, why he's the franchise guy. And uh, I would hope it's not 13 to 10 because that would be a tough watch. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Everybody focuses on Sauce Gardner for the Jets, but Jordan Whitehead had picked off Josh Allen. All three of his picks were to Jordan Whitehead. Yeah, I was Josh Josh Allen. I might have been like, all right, I'm not throwing to that side anymore. But then you got <laughs> Sauce Gardner on the other side. I guess that's what caused him to keep throwing over there. But yeah, the, you, you I mean, it's just oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was just I, I don't I don't get how. Uh, after, because Sauce may have been across a uh, dig for most of the game, but yeah, I'm, I'm throwing it. I at least got to throw it to Sauce one time after a guy gets two on. Yeah, yeah, three. I mean, the guy's probably got you know his most of his interceptions all out in the first game already. You know, <laughs> for defense. <clears throat> but the, you mentioned Trey Lance uh, traded to the Cowboys. When I heard the news, I thought of you. And I was wanting to get your thoughts. What do you think about that trade? It's interesting because, you know, Jerry Jones is always, you know, you know, wanting to be talked about. It's like he just can't get enough about, uh, you know, first take or, or anybody on ESPN talking about his Cowboys. But Jerry, I think Jerry. it makes sense. I think it makes sense because, if we don't know if Dak is the guy, if we lose, if we get to the division round again and we lose to the 49ers, when do you, when do you just have to cut ties with Dak? You know, when do you have to just say, all right, this guy can't get done for us. We've tried it many, many times. You know, why don't we, you know, give a guy who, when he was drafted, people had very high expectations. He was a top three pick. And, uh, you know, I, I like the trade. We didn't give up much, you know, really anything. Uh, so I, I don't think it's going to be necessarily a distraction this year. But once it gets to next offseason and deciding if we made it to the conference or Super Bowl or we just stayed in the division and, and lose out in that round, it's going to be a lot of noise on what to do with Dak and will Trey Lance take the reins on being the uh, Dallas Cowboys future. So when I first heard it, and I thought, you know, I was wanting to get your thoughts on it, and I was sitting there thinking, I think this is a great trade for the Cowboys. Like you said, you're giving up nothing, for, basically, for a former top three pick just two years ago. You know, hey, what if he yeah. does develop and he comes in and he's what everybody thought he was? San Francisco give up a the Cowboys did. So I love the trade. <laughs> yeah, they gave it's up a lot. Yeah. They traded like three first round picks. Yeah, a couple of seconds or third, something like that. It was it was a crazy trade. 
And, you know, the Cowboys didn't give up much for it. So I, I really like that pick. I thought that it was a good, good pickup right there. Uh, to, you know, aside, I noticed y'all picked up our guy, Will Greer. You know, you know, give him some reps. You know, I seen Jake Browning came into the game. You know, give Will Greer some reps. That's a Cowboys legend. He's a, he's definitely a Cowboys preseason legend, isn't he? <laughs> I was hoping he would play, you know, because I liked what I saw out of Will Greer. And, you know, between him and Jake Browning, I guess Jake Browning knows the playbook better and has been there longer. And maybe Will Greer will step up into getting that backup position. We'll have to wait and see on that. I like the pickup there, too. He's better. Yeah. He's upgraded for Trevor Simeon, for sure. Definitely <clears throat> So uh, we talked a little NFL here. Uh, before Sunday, I had had a worst of the week already lined up, but then Sunday happened, and that automatically took over. But you also had a pretty good Saturday night as well. Uh, your Texas Longhorns roll into Tuscaloosa, and they beat number three Alabama 34-24. to you must have loved that one, right? Yeah, that was uh, – I mean, it was a nail-biter all the way to the fourth quarter, and then Texas just opened it up on offense. I That was probably one of the games where you, you watch and you're like, you know, I, I can't – I was watching as a fan, but I couldn't get excited even when we had the lead because this is Alabama, and we're in Tuscaloosa. Like – the story is it's always, you know, the story could be Texas is back and this and that, but Alabama has been been there, done that, I would say. And uh, to to go out there and see those boys uh, fight every down and our trenches, I mean, that was another question I had. Will our O-line keep up and uh, keep Quinn off the ground and it was it was a bit crowded, but Quinn Quinn is a playmaker. He got it done, and uh, I'm sure a lot of Alabama fans are uh, are pretty upset with the quarterback. But it's I think it's still more issues as, as more than just the quarterback. He did miss some throws, a lot of throws actually. But I think they have a lot more uh, questions to be asked as far as the scheming because you got to put your guy in a situation. That if he can't make these throws that you're trying to uh, force him to make, you got to put him in a situation where he can't succeed. And Texas caught him on a good day. Yeah, and like last year when Alabama went to Texas, Texas had Alabama down, and yeah. Quinn Ewers went down. And this year, and Bryce Young actually won that game for Alabama. Like he took over. And did what yeah. Bryce Young did in, in college. This year, they don't have Bryce Young. You know, Jalen Milrow is no Bryce Young yet. He could develop into it. I'm not saying he's not, but right now he's not there. And Quinn Ewers played the whole game. And you see what happened there. And it was a very impressive game for Texas. Uh, you know, you thought maybe they're coming to play Alabama. They're going to get a taste of what the SEC is like. And <laughs> – they brought it to Alabama, and, you know, 10-point win in Alabama, at Alabama, like you said, they are still Alabama. Impressive. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm I'm still uh, on cloud nine because, like you said, that was Saturday and then Sunday night. Like I mean, Texas sports fans and the Rangers started going on the on the winning streak in baseball. So like Texas Texas sports fans, we're, we're living good right now. We're living yeah. good. The Bob. Yeah, great weekend for Texas. Uh, we'll see if they can do it again this weekend. Uh, so my Saturday, my Kentucky Wildcats welcomed in the Eastern Kentucky Colonels. This is a game to get everything right and, you know, show your offense, have fun, get your backup QB in, get some reps and playing time, you know, just beat down little team from down the road here. And, you know, everything's – no, no, it didn't happen. Twenty-seven to sixteen over an FCS school that got beat down the week before by Cincinnati, sixty-six to thirteen, and then they come yeah. into your place and and you only win by eleven. Very disappointing game. The offense was just horrible. Uh, Leary was off at the first half, and he come back in the second half, and he played okay. He did the same thing the first week, but. They've got to get it going, man. Uh, you're going to run out of these cupcakes here pretty soon, and it's going to be SEC time, and you've got to prove something in that league. I don't yeah, know if you call I, it or not. I, I caught a little bit of it um, as, like, as far as highlights. I, I didn't catch the uh, full game, but um, I remember a while back I had texted you. Uh, it was week one of um, – I DM'd you. It was week one of uh, – college football, and I was asking you who to look out for. You said that uh, you mentioned your quarterback and running back. And um, I, I, I still have high hope because uh, from what I was seeing, I mean, he's he's a very, uh, you know, he, he can get the job done for you. But like you said, it's the SEC. So if we're, if we're struggling against teams like this who we should be beating by 50, you know, what is it going to look like when we have to see – the dog of the SEC, like you, know, you gotta, yeah. you know, I'm not saying you gotta, you gotta blow out every team that's beneath you. You know, it's, I'm sure the other team that that, that they practice just as hard. You know, yeah. but you know, I don't know if you if you have another game. I don't know what's the schedule uh, for you guys. If you have another, um, you know, like you know, uh, FCS game. Or if, when you start your conference, but before you start conference, we need to see what Leary can do. Like we got a, we need a game where he can throw for three hundred, you know, and, and four touchdowns and see and build the confidence. Because if you going into the SEC and you like, oh, man, I don't have much faith in what we're about to call, or if I can make this play, then it's put your probably not gonna have much success, you know. You're going against guys who are basically uh, NFL players. Like the SEC is full of NFL talent, and you will get exposed at, off the first kickoff. Like so, we I don't know what's how soon in the season we need to panic, but only winning by eleven, like you said, uh, is a bit um, disappointing to say the least. Yeah, I, I was very disappointed offensively. Uh, like, you know, the running – they couldn't get the running game going. The passing game, I mean, it was just ugh, all game long. But uh, we'll just see how they – hopefully they can get things turned around. On Sunday, 
at the UK football facility, their offensive coordinator, Liam Cohen, uh, had a medical episode, according to the University of Kentucky, and he spent a couple of nights in the hospital. I don't know mm-hmm. if his stress got to him or what, but uh, Mark Stoops announced yesterday, I think, that Cohen is actually going to call the offense from the field this Saturday. So it's kind of a scary situation there, but I'm glad to see that he seems to be okay, and I just you know hope and pray everything's good with his health first and foremost. You know. Yeah, yeah, you definitely don't want to see um, you know anybody deal with those, any health conditions, mental uh, condition. Condition. Um, you know, I I hope all is well. You know, because first is, is you know. You know, about taking care of your family and yourself. And football comes second. So if he's able to come back out, uh, it seems like everything should be uh, pretty good for him. But, you know, it, it should always uh, be take, taking care of yourself and your family and making sure everything's okay with, with you. And then football can uh, come second. But if, if he's going to be back on the field and calling plays, I hope the stress doesn't get to him because I mean this is going to be a roller coaster season, and uh, you know you want everybody to uh, you know have a successful season, but you know for the times that you don't, you want to make also make sure you know you don't overstress yourself. You know over uh, essentially this is a kids game, you know, so you don't want to overstress yourself about it. Yeah, and, and he's a young guy, you know, 37 years old, was the Rams offensive coordinator last year. And just, you know, hopefully everything's all right on that end. Uh, hopefully he gets healthy enough to where, you know, he feels great coming back there, which apparently he is if he's going to be coaching Saturday. And if you look at the stats from Saturday, Leary threw for four touchdowns, one interception, 299 yards, but it just didn't feel like that. You know, you throw for four touchdowns, it's still just 28 points. And, you know, EKU scores 17 on you. You know, I just – I hope they can turn it around. Saturday they've got another easy – you know, they got a Mac opponent again. They've got Akron. And uh, I don't know if you've seen any Akron uh, – the turnover tire that they have. Have you seen that? I have not seen it. The turnover tire? So, you know how the U's got the big U chain, you know, that they use, and that everybody's got to turn over something now. Akron apparently is uh, apparently called the Rubber City or something like that, and they, after they make a turnover, they put a spare tire on the player's head, and they walk around <laughs> with it. it. It's the craziest thing. <laughs> I mean, if that's what gets the recruits, hey, throw the tire in your head. Yes, that's, I, that's it's different. I'll tell you, <laughs> turnover tire. Hopefully, <laughs> there's no turnover. There's no sight of a turnover tire this Saturday against Kentucky. But uh, we'll we'll see then, I guess. So, uh, so another thing, Saturday. What are your thoughts on Coach Prime out in Colorado? Man, uh, from from what I see. He completely turned the school around, and I don't think, you know, many coaches can do what he has done. Um, not only did he beat TCU 
at TCU coming off uh, their championship run that they had last year. Um, and then people still riding them off against Nebraska, which I didn't understand. How can you – if you watch Nebraska play week one, the one touchdown that they scored, the guy fumbled and then made the play. Like, I don't know how people thought Nebraska was just going to go to Colorado and beat them. What has Nebraska uh, done the last 25 years, right? So I think Dion is showing what the future of college football is going to be. As soon as a coach gets hired onto a school, go to the transfer portal. Um, it's, I won't say it's necessarily pointless to – get freshman recruits because you still need to build your culture. You need guys that are your day ones. But if you can get a guy that went to Alabama and then lose his job maybe and then goes to the transfer portal to find a new opportunity, you can get that guy to your team, guess what? Bring him to your squad because he's more than likely better than the sophomore you're throwing out there probably in week one. So I think Dion is going to be a pioneer in this future college game, definitely with NIL, too, being a big deal for these schools. Um, you know, guys are going to that transfer portal, and they're going to find uh, the best situation for them. And I think Dion, it's, it's easy to side with Dion because he's been there, done that as far as the whole professional. You know, he, he's played, you know, NFL, baseball. Like, he's done it all. And uh, if there's anybody to learn from, it is Dion. Definitely, if you're a defensive back, that might be DBU in the next few years. Because if I'm a de- if I'm raising, you know, a child that's you know trying to get recruited to play football, and he's a defensive back, I'm I'm trying my hardest to get him to Colorado. Because if there's anybody to learn from, it's Dion. You know, and then he has his son, uh, Shador. I mean, he's if he's going to be throwing for 400 yards a game, like, it's going to be tough to keep up with him. And uh, I, I have big hopes for this Colorado team. I don't. I see a lot of people on the internet saying that they can make it to the playoffs. I, I think that's a bit a bit of a reach, but they can they can definitely. I think they can definitely uh, get a New Year's Bowl. I think that's the ceiling. Get a New Year's Bowl this first year, and um, you know, bring in more recruits the next year. They then. Once they got a full year under their belt, maybe we could talk about the playoffs for this squad. Yeah, and, like, all Dion would have to do is be like, look at what I did. And then he can go, you see this Travis Hunter over here? Look what I turned him into. You know, that's recruiting like that. I mean, because playing both sides of the ball like that, very impressive, just an athlete like that, you know. I know he was yeah. the number one player coming out of high school, but still, I mean – he still, you know, Dion still has a little something to do with that too. Yeah, but, I mean, and also with uh with him playing both sides of the ball, you know, usually uh when a player can do something like that, they may lack, you know, on one side of the ball and it's really really good on the other one. This guy's a monster. Like he's getting a hundred yeah. receiving yards on offense and then getting interceptions on defense. Like that is a monster. That yeah. is a monster. Yeah, and I just wonder if there'll be more players, Joe, following in his footsteps there because they see he's doing both. 
maybe they could too, but I don't know of many players that can do it at the elite level that Travis Hunter has in the first couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I mean – if you're if you're if you're having the number one pick in the NFL draft and Travis Hunter is available, I'm sorry to tell you, I'm probably choosing Travis Hunter because oh, yeah. I, I mean it's that that type of talent is it's almost like Otani. The big question is going to be how long mm-hmm. can he do? Yeah. But honestly, you know, I, I'm willing to see how long can he do it because. He's doing both at a very high level. And if he decides, okay, I don't want to uh, play offense anymore, he's a he's still a hell of a deep defensive back. Like he his ball tracking skills are are probably, you know, in the in the top ten of college football right now as far as uh, as far as defensive players. He he's oh, the yeah. real deep. And, you know, Colorado, they got Colorado State this week, but next week is the big one where you know, they get the prime spot, three thirty ABC at Oregon. That'll mm. see. That'll be their tough, first tough test of the season. Curious to see how that goes uh, next week for Coach Prime in Colorado. Uh, yeah. So, Oregon and uh, and Bo Nix, they the boys are for real too. They beat yeah. up on my Texas Tech boys. I, I got family that's fan of Tech. That's fan of uh, Texas Tech and. Uh, they thought they had a shot first half, and uh, Oregon, Oregon took it right away. Yeah, Bo Nix has been around a little while. He was in the SEC with Auburn, and then he went out to Oregon. And, uh, that'll be a, that'll be a tough one for Coach Prime and them. And then they got USC after that. So we're we're going to see, you know, where they're at right now early in the season. And uh, you know, it's been fun so far, and I think that he'll have a good team, and he's got them motivated. Dion's got them boys motivated to go out there and and run through you know whoever. So, uh, so you mentioned the Texas Rangers earlier. They're still in the wild card hunt. Uh, since the last time we spoke on here, uh, they were in the AL West lead, but uh, yeah. they uh, kind of dropped a little bit there because uh, they were about to play the Brewers, and I was like, I, I need a sweep here. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, so there's only 14 games left or something like that, 15. And my Reds, they're, you know, they're still in it too. They're the wild card hunt there. They lost today to Detroit, but there's still a shot for them to jump into that, squeeze into that playoffs, but there's a log jam right there trying to get that last wild card spot. So it'll be interesting to see here the last few weeks how it's going to play out for, for postseason baseball. Yeah, when it comes towards the end of September, you know, baseball really gets interesting. It also gets a little tricky because um, I think the Rangers – play Seattle out of these last 14 games, I think we've seen them like seven times. So basically that series defines who will either get the last wild card spot or maybe you can sneak and steal the division back because the Astros, I think, lost to the A's twice. I think they lost the series to the A's. So there's still a little bit of hope on uh, getting back at the top of the division, but 
Yeah, man, that Brewer series, man. That was pain. That was pain right there. I was definitely sitting in my room disappointed watching those games. Yeah, man, I was like, all right, this is, you know, Reds were still, you know, within a shouting distance of the Central, but after that was over with and the Reds went on a losing streak, it's like, all right, we can still get the wild card. We'll just go for the wild card then. It's okay. It'll be all right. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that all plays out with uh, baseball winding down, NFL, college football heating up. Uh, It's going to be a good few months here. sports yeah i don't think i asked uh, you, you follow a basketball team oh yeah uh college or nba both actually I, i'm sure you're probably a kentucky guy for for, for basketball right yeah I'm a, I'm a kentucky uh basketball fan and in the nba i don't really have a team i just follow you know different players uh who's your nba team I mean, come on, we're the Luca Mavericks. <laughs> Mavericks, uh, man, that, that guy. I I kind of thought it was probably the Mavericks, but you know, I didn't know if it might have been San Antonio or Houston. I hate San Antonio, man. They <laughs> they just somehow can always every time they're at the lottery, they get the best big man at the time. Like, yep. yeah. Man, you get Tim Duncan, Dave Robinson now getting Victor. Like, come on, man. That that whole NBA lottery system sounds a little funny. Every time it's the top pick, they get the best center. They're like, yeah, uh, there's a seven-footer coming out of college, and he's one of the best players in the last few years. Uh, Let's do the lottery. Oh, the Spurs win it. Yeah, something's awful fishy there with that, absolutely. But, uh, yeah. The NBA will be starting back up here pretty soon too. You think Dallas? How do you think Dallas will do this year? I mean, we got Kyrie last year, and I, I, I thought we had maybe a, a chance of making a run, but man, uh, my my big question is Jason Kidd. Can he get the, the pieces together and have everybody bought in? Because it seemed like nobody bought into what he was preaching. Last year, like we couldn't, we couldn't get the right rotations out there. We had Christian Wood, who's now in the Lakers. We didn't even give him minutes. Uh, he was, he's, he is probably one of the worst players I've seen on a pick and roll defense. Like he just cannot comprehend when to switch off and go to somebody else on the pick and roll. But we, didn't, I feel like we just didn't put our best players in the right situation last year. I'm hoping that this year we can at least get into that five or six. Um, because I, me personally, I don't like to play in. I, I, it's kind of defeats the purpose of an NBA season. Why do we play in two games if still towards the end of the year? We're going to miss the playoffs at seven and eight. But if they can get to the five, six range, I think they got a shot. They, um, they seen the Warriors last time when they was in the conference uh, finals, and um, you know I think that was a good test for Luke to see how it is at the top top level, uh, seeing Steph Curry and the boys uh, do their thing. So if Kyrie, if we don't have any Kyrie drama, because that's always a possibility. Uh, oh, 
I think there's Kyrie drama every season, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, that weekend the Dallas media is is pretty uh pretty fair on the uh you know not crucifying players. Uh, New York media will call you out on every single thing. So I I can see how he um him and the Nets you know that whole fallout. But Dallas media, hopefully nobody you know makes Kyrie mad and uh, he go on a tangent and wants to get traded at all at the All Star break. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of trades in the NBA, Giannis Antetokounmpo requested a trade, and Milwaukee said they're going to try to do whatever they can to make this trade. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? What kind of value can you get for Giannis, though? If we're being honest, like how many players in the league can you be like, yeah, we'll take them and a bag of chips for Giannis? Like, there's not much value you can get. No. Uh, return for Giannis. That's gonna be a tough one, yeah. but uh, I'm sure Milwaukee, uh, the fans are probably panicking right now <laughs> because that would be terrible news to hear. Oh, absolutely. I mean, what was Milwaukee before Giannis, and what's Milwaukee going to be after Giannis? Yeah, the same. That, I mean, I don't think that they're going to be. You know, they're going to be struggling again, like they was for years before he got there. So interesting development there. Uh, well, Gene, you got anything else? No, let's let's, uh, let's have a, another good, great weekend of uh, football, and you know, I hope uh, hope our Bengals, because uh, you know, I feel like I'm an honorary Bengals fan now. You know, after being oh, yeah. on the podcast, let's, oh, yeah. let's hope our Bengals uh, get the job done against the Ravens, and let's hope the Cowboys get the job done against the Jets. Yep, and who does Texas have this week? Uh, uh, football. We have, oh man, I've got <laughs> that's bad. I, it's it's a I, if I I remember the spread it was like minus twenty six and a half, so we should win. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a, it's not Alabama this week. <laughs> yeah, the big the big test was last week. I think this the way this the schedule said. Uh, we took a, a a little rest game. Uh, Wyoming. Why? Well, yeah. Okay. See, so, yeah, that's why I couldn't think of the team. Wyoming. Yeah. No, we right. should take Wyoming. Yeah. Texas is a thirty-point favorite now. Oh well. Yeah, so. Yeah, and I don't yeah. think Josh Allen still still quarterbacks for Wyoming, so I think that Texas will, will probably they'll probably cover that. I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So. Yeah, let's have a good weekend. Hopefully everything's good. And next time we get on here next week, we'll, you know, won't have a whole lot of worse for the past week. <laughs> yeah, hopefully both of our baseball teams are in the wild card too. Yeah, hopefully so. Uh, on Twitter or X, you can find you at Legene53. Yes, sir. And then you can find me at Yelling Couch. This has been Yelling from the Couch. Thank you for joining, Gene. We'll see you next time. Yay!